Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Dr. Duke Show. I am Dr. Duke, and I am joined today with one of my very favorite guests. Uh, we have chemistry, Vicki McKenna. <laughs> we, have, we have conversational chemistry, I think, and so thanks for being with us. My pleasure, my pleasure. So this is a, uh, a show that's actually dear to my heart. Um, to me, we spend a lot of time talking about the bad books that progressives are putting in school. And we should spend a lot of time talking about that because a lot of it is pornographic and inappropriate and uh, just wildly, wildly uh, not the kind of thing we should put in front of our kids. However, what we're not talking about enough, Vicki, which is why we're gonna do it today, is what our kids are not reading. And that's the thing. You, even if you put really bad books in front of these kids, but you balanced it out, by having them read the classics, there's a fighting chance that these kids may grow up not mindlessly progressive. But besides poisoning our kids' minds with bad and pornographic books, now we're removing good ones. We have this story out of the United Kingdom. England, of all places, uh, they, a, a counter-terrorist organization, governmental in the UK, has now decided that Shakespeare, and uh, Orwell's 1984, Milton and Chaucer, the great writers of Christian culture in the West, are now dangerously full of right-wing sympathies and that they may lead, people who read English literature, may lead them to alt-right dangerous positions. I, I, this is almost too much to even think. It, 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 you want to say this has to be parody. But it isn't, I mean, what's gonna be the next step? Is the Bible too subversive? Are we gonna to have to you know, eliminate people's access to that uh, or change words in it or something? Look, you, you teach uh, English literature to young people. You've seen their rejection of the concept of reading books. They don't wanna read books. Um, they want to, you know, digest something someone told them, but as long as it doesn't make them uncomfortable at all, um, they're not being exposed to the, the mechanisms of literature that give you access to new synaptic connections in your brain that allow you to actually develop logic, not just logic and being shown Venn diagrams, but the logic, to, uh, logic of humanity, the, 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 the logic of rights, human rights and morality and that's what i mean that's what english literature does that's what great books do they don't just tell really interesting stories i mean if they were just about telling interesting stories nobody would care that they were brilliantly written they could be you know schlocky and 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 you know kind of uh, you know ungrammatical even but the great books the great books are are beyond just great stories they give you a, an ability new ability as a as a young person as even an older person to to think differently i mean to think differently and to think differently permanently um and it, you know i think what far right sympathies means to these people is independent thought or critical thought or maybe understanding the logic of morality and human rights and since the antithesis of that is the goal it seems to be of the new progressives and the new globalists um, maybe that's what they're fearing, that it unlocks a box that you can't you, you can't shut the lid once you open it. And I'm, I mean, it makes me sad. It makes me sick and it makes me worry for Western civilization and the greatness of the culture of it. I mean, it's not just 
uh, what you just said there. It's not critical thinking and uh, uh, t exposing them to great aesthetics and art. Uh, it is absolutely true, Vicky, that the uh, art, aestheticism, the idea that something is not just philosophically or linguistic important, but it's also beautiful. It is a triumph in how it's crafted. Things like poetry and aesthetics. And th th our kids are completely not being taught that because those are quote unquote elitist. Those, if only you read, if the only thing you read is the great artistic writers of American and English history, well, then you're not reading uh, uh, all of these idiots, Ham, Hannah, Hannah Jones, right, with the 1690, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 Zendi, right? Uh, the, all of these parvenus, these new sociological writers whose books are ending up in the classroom, all these race baiters, there's nothing aesthetic or even philosophically deep about them. One thing I would no. add to what I would add to what you said, but it's not just that. It's also what the one thing that these books all have in common if is the, is they're part of the Christian tradition, number one, or in the case of Orwell, they are warning what happens when you reject that system. So on top of everything else, this is the de-Christianization of Western culture. And so you got to purge everybody from Beowulf all the way through George Orwell. You have to purge the Bible at some point here. Yes. I mean, how, how far away are we from seeing somebody argue that the Bible is too politically incorrect uh, and is, you know, is transphobic, is uh, anti-gay, is white supremacy? It's some, it, I mean, seriously, it's a matter of time. They've done it with Martin Luther King Jr. So I can't see why they wouldn't um, ultimately, you know, go for the source of the things that we relied on, that the writers that you were talking about relied on to create these great works. And as you say, these great aesthetic works as well. Um, I mean, you might as well just nip it in the bud and uh, and get it at the source. You know, you mentioned something about aesthetics. What I and it's impossible not to notice this now, um, whether it's visual aesthetics or, you know, a linguistic aesthetics, the rejection of symmetry and perfection, or at least attempts at perfection, look what it has given us. Beauty has been inverted. Ugly is beautiful. Um, you know, there, there is no imagination in art any longer. Um, you can read Ibram X. Kendi, and you will be left thinking an AI program could have written this book. There's nothing human in it. Um, the humanity's been beaten out of it because when you essentially tell the tell humanity that that they're supposed to reject what they know is beautiful, invert that into ugliness, and then try to destroy it. Um, when when you've done that, you can't you know you can't be an inspired person. You're not going to build a beautiful cathedral. You're going to build uh, an ugly box and maybe paint it a boring color and and decimate the landscape, the beautiful natural landscape with ugly things like wind farms and pretend that that's aesthetics. I mean, it, it is beyond just the books. It has infected everything that surrounds us. You look around and the beautiful things are being torn down and the beautiful words are being destroyed and they're being replaced with text speak and ugly boxes and paintings that are meant to be hideous and a reinvention and reconfiguration of the meaning of human beauty uh, and, and an inversion of that into ugliness. It's, it's terrifying what's going on. Um, and it, bega it began with books. It always began with books. Well, the interesting thing is, is that um, you go back to the idea of the Bible. It, this is not coming. It's already come. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Vicki, uh, right around the year 2000, 
they came out with a German version of the Gospels of the Bible in which they changed the story. Uh, it was no longer Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They replaced it with Judith Christ, the daughter of God. All rep uh, references to the male pronoun, all ideas of Jesus's maleness were completely removed, and he was transformed in this particular version of the Bible to Judith Christ, the daughter of, uh, of God. And so this, there's there have been a lot blasphemy of Blasphemy now yep. is substituting for the Gospels. I mean, think about that, that they justify blasphemy in the name of um, of, of whatever this, you know, pursuit of this inverted utopia is, is supposed to be. So, I mean, I, I said the Bible's next. I apologize. Apparently they've already done it. Well, you go back a little bit, a little more recently, you and I, I think, did a story last year about how the Archbishop of Cam Cambridge, uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, excuse me, protected a minister, a, a, a Episcopalian minister, who basically made the argument at a church service that Jesus was transgendered. Yes. That Je when Jesus was, Jesus was transfigured, that meant he was also transgendered. And I think you remember that story. Uh, but let well, me give you a couple. He also looked at, he, he took art, he took mm -hmm. existing classic art and turned that art uh, inside out. He inverted the art and used it to make his argument that Jesus was transgender, that Jesus was really a woman, um, a real woman, by the way. It was, and this was a man from the pulpit doing this to a congregation of people who were horrified to their credit, but were they horrified enough to get up and walk out or say anything or do anything? Not much. Do you remember he showed a picture of a medieval crucifixion with, a, with the wound under Chat Christ's ribcage? And argued it was a vagina. <laughs> it was a vagina and it was leaking blood. This was a menstrual cycle. And this is exactly what he used the, the, the pulpit to talk about. Let me, before we move a little further, let me give you a couple quotes from the story. The UK's Prevent program uh, recently came under fire for treating actual Islamic terrorism as if it were simply mental illness. But with it, when it came to far right extremism, actual right wing terrorism, of which there's almost none, uh, they created a helpful guide to spot those dangerous right-wingers. It turns out that the people who are really the problem in England are people who read Beowulf and Chaucer and Shakespeare and Milton in 1984. Other books and sh films also that were written to promote Englishness or to, uh, to read the great writer writers of Western culture, that now is a trigger, according to the UK government, for extremism and possible right-wing rebellion. You know, so... Um, when are they going to just simply say anybody who is not part of the woke faux Christianity in England is a potential domestic right wing extremist? Because I mean, this, these are just stepping stones to saying if you're a Catholic who likes the Latin mass, you're obviously a threat to the government. If so says, who so says the pope. Pretty much. So yes. says the Pope. Right? So if you don't, if you don't step, if you don't stand in line, if you don't walk that line, um, I mean, they're only, I mean, what, maybe a couple of months away from actually declaring uh, people who actually believe in the real Bible, who actually believe in the Gospels, uh, who live their lives by that, um, is declaring them, a, you know, existential threats. By the way, 1984, 1984 is is one of the scariest books you can ever read you know you read that when you're in high school and when you're done reading 1984 you're left with a sense 
that you never want to see anything like that happen. It is, it is so emptying at the end of it. it. There's no hope. I mean, you're left literally hopeless. This is what the message was. Totalitarianism leaves a society without hope. It's just misery uh, in perpetuity. And, and they're saying that if you read that and you understand that as a warning against totalitarianism, you're the problem. Meanwhile, you've got to wonder if the same people telling us not to read it are reading it as a roadmap are reading it as a guidebook. And what should we do? How can we make people as dead and inhuman? This is the dehumanization of humanity. We could go on and on for hours about this. Um, But there are people who look at that and say, hey, now that's a great idea. Maybe we should pursue some of these ideas. How can we do this without letting people know we're doing it? This counter-terrorism organization in the UK also goes on to say this. They described how far-right extremists promoted reading lists on online bulletin boards. These books included that were recommended The Lord of the Rings by J.R. Tolkien, uh, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, Conrad's The Secret Agent, 1984 by George Orwell, and the poems of G.K. Chesterton, of all things. I mean, you can't get more British than G.K. Chesterton. These are all now triggers. And it's not just uh, books, it's movies. This list also called out movies, including The Bridge Over the River Kwai, The Great Escape, and Zulu. The Bridge Over the River, River Kwai, which was all about how a plucky bunch of English POWs in a brutal Japanese concentration camp during World War II, how they managed to keep alive and to keep sane. And now because the English prisoners of war didn't get along and surrender to their Japanese captors, well, this is anti-Japanese propaganda. Yeah, anti-Asian bigotry, of course. You know, and perhaps it is as well a way to hide what concentration camps look like. I'm not sure if at the end of all of this, we don't have people who think that's a perfectly fine idea. There was an an American academic, uh, one of the very smart blue check people on Twitter, who was arguing early last week um, that we should get rid of uh, the people who are useless eaters. You know, we should get rid of people somehow, Uh, maybe not through direct euthanizing, Um, But put them in a place where they're no longer hamstringing the resources of society, old folks, disabled people, people who are, um, you know, who are uh, in a utilitarian view, uh, no longer contributing. I mean, you, you sort of think about this and you think, did you and I, we're about the same age, did you and I read the same things when we were in school? Did did we actually process the same world that was going on when Ronald Reagan was president and we were assigned Beowulf by our English literature teacher and we were expected to pick up some of the other great books of American and British literature and digest the bigger meanings? That were, did you get the same message I did? Um, you wonder where this comes from, Duke. Uh, people who came, who grew up at the same time we did in the same culture we did, uh, maybe maybe the, the, the high point or maybe the beginning of the end, and come out the other side thinking, you know, totalitarianism sounds like a perfectly nice thing. Let's just do it in a way that isn't quite as obvious. Uh, you you're, you work with people like this, so you tell me. 
Well, as a Shakespeare professor, that's my, my major uh, teaching responsibility. First of all, kids aren't taking it anymore. I mean, kids at, at the gen ed, they won't even take it. I mean, we're not teaching kids how to read. Do you think now with a generation who can have a sixth grade reading level, do you think that they're gonna even pick up Shakespeare? So literally, it's not just the progressives at the top banning these books or warning about these books, it's not educating our children to be able to even read them. Of course uh, we, not. It's yes. That's K-12. That's the, that is the dumbing down. Um, and that's, that, that's almost too cliche to say that. It is the utter, deliberate invasion and destruction of K-12 public education for the purposes of turning children into easily manipulated easily indoctrinated good little soldiers for the progressive for, for the for the progressive future um that's where the, well, where where's our generation getting that you had to seek out this sort of um you know subversive uh you know neo-marxist garbage you had to seek out the you know the destruction and inversion of logic you had to go find that in some academic library somewhere and here's a guy around our age who's spewing it like it's second nature to him. Yeah, we also have still to come on this topic, Vicki. Roald Dahl, the great ch children's book writer, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Roald Dahl, his books now are being formally rewritten to become gender inclusive and no fat jokes. We're talking about that. So to illustrate what we've just been talking about, Vicki, this is unbelievable that a writer of the stature of Roald Dahl, who gave us some of these most wonderful kids' books, most famously he gave us Willy Wonka, right? And so now after he's dead, he sold 250 million children's books. Kids grew up reading and learning how to read better from his books, and there he is, his picture is on the screen. Now Puffin a, a, in a division of Penguin Publishing have decided, the editors have decided that there's too many fat kids, too much uh, calling out of, of bad behavior in children, not nearly enough gender inclusivity in his books. And so they are quite literally rewriting this. A couple years ago, you recall, they did the same thing to Dr. Seuss. Seuss, they just canceled seven or eight of his books because they didn't think they were progressive enough. And, and Roald Dahl's books are being are being rewritten. They're being rewritten by, you know, the Soviet censors. They're taking out words like the color black. They're taking out, you know, references to fat mice. They are changing, you know, the Oompa Loompas, which were, uh, you know, a group of men, a race of small men, small people. We can't have men identified explicitly that in boys they're you know the groups of boys are no longer groups of boys they're groups of people um, any reference to to being fat chubby uh you know whatever words were used um or stupid or insolent all of that is being eliminated and and in and, and, and at least with regard to charlie and the chocolate factory um you know i mean the oompa loompas were there to to you know, promote really common sense, easy for children to understand moral messages about gluttony, uh, about, about, you know, rudeness, meanness, stupidity, insolence, all of that. And those were, you know, you, you looked at that and you said, oh, well, geez, I don't want to do, I don't want to be Augustus. I don't want to be Veruca Salt. I want to be, uh, I want to be Charlie and all, all gone. We don't have any of those lessons. And, you know, I, I don't, 
want to, you know, deeply analyze Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but the moral lessons were kind of the whole point of the book. Well, of course, Charlie's a little white kid. Uh, listen to this. We this can't be a, white. This is from a Fox News report. The, pup, the publisher, Puffin, has altered these books uh, but they, by hiring a sensitivity series of readers, sensitivity readers, to make changes to certain portions of the author's words. So the publisher's rewrite uh, altered numerous descriptions of certain characters' physical ca appearances, re removed references to some characters being fat, and changed the language to gender neutral. Augustus Gloop, who you just mentioned, the chubby character featured in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, is now simply described as enormous, while Mrs. Twit, a character from the Twits, is described as beastly instead of ugly and beastly. And explain to me how enormous is going to make kids feel better than being called fat. You're enormous. You're so enormous. Yeah, I don't think so. And this is nonsense. This is about eventually rendering the lessons of that book irrelevant and meaningless, making that book not even worth picking up any longer. Happily, I, and I was kind of surprised to see this, France pushed back against this and said they had no intention of doing anything to alter uh, the language of those books. Vicky, I, I, I'm waiting for the United States, but there's, you know, amazingly, there's France going first. I'd like to give a trigger warning because to all my listeners, to all our listeners, I'm warning you, we're about to show you a clip from the Oompa Loompas. Hide your children, run out of the house, <laughs> watch at your own peril, Vicky. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Eating as much as an elephant eats. What are you at getting terribly fat? Oh, yeah, there you go. Warning little kids not to become obese is now not just racist and not gender neutral because there aren't any female Oopa Loopa, right? Not only that, no. but now you're making fun of little people. Well, Duke, is, I don't know what it says about me that every time that movie comes on television, I watch it over and over and over again. It probably means that I'm this close to domestic violence extremism or some such thing like that. Um, it's meant to ruin all of the things that make being a kid, you know, kind of fun. And it ruins the lesson and it ruins the ability of children to grow up and be, um, you know, better people. Uh, to rem I remember the lessons when I was a kid. You remember the lessons when you were a kid. If you don't learn those lessons, and sometimes they came via a TV program or a, a really wonderful movie or a fantastic kid's book, and your parents didn't even realize you'd learned the lesson. They just thought that somehow you were magically getting it by osmosis as you know, behaving like a good little boy or girl. I guess we don't want that. I'm not sure what we want. Do we want just zombies? I think so, because zombies are easier to control and you can always double tap them to get rid of them. Well, you think about this. So it's perfectly necessary to put books about masturbation and pedophilia and transgender sexuality in front of seven-year-olds, but you can't have them read The Chocolate Factor anymore. No, you, you don't want yep. them to understand That's why right. they should not become obese. You absolutely want those young children to understand how to perform oral sex when they're eight years old. That's exactly right. And it's movies too, Vicky, and TV. Think about the, the Rings of Power, the completely woke re rewrite of The Lord of the Rings, right? He took, they took it. the mythology of, of, of Tolkien and the Silmarillion, and they turned it into a woke, completely feminist, unwatchable disaster. 
So they take a classically and necessarily Christian writer whose entire body of work was put through the lens of Christianity and specifically as Catholicism, take all that out and they wonder why their billion dollar endeavor is not making money for them. Take it, I want to end getting the eyeballs on it. They thought it would. I want to end with the cartoon that you sent me, editorial cartoon, right? There's the new version re- revised by a, an artist who's mocking this. Charlie who identifies as Charlene and the non-white candy uh, candy of color sweatshop. There you go. Uh, news item, <laughs> Puffin Books rewrites Roll Doll classic to eliminate words that are deemed offensive. You can't mock this. I, I bet you the publishers are mad that they didn't rename the book that. Vicky, that's going to wrap Probably. this up. It's going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, thank you for your, your presence today. Uh, it was a lively conversation. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to support us at the show, simply visit drdukeshow.com. For all of us at the Dr. Duke Show, thanks, and we will see you again next time. 